listening to Sarah Cudmore from Homegrown Learning, here to talk to you today about de-schooling. Firstly, let's unpick what de-schooling means. It is actually known as the period of adjustment for the child to disconnect with the school and anything related to the school system. It can be as long as you feel necessary for your child to move from school always being that default. My own child was in school for two years and I thought that about three months would be plenty of time, but we actually went on to spend about five months de-schooling. Many people do far less and um, many people do far more and it really depends on the journey that that child's had, whether school or outside of school life has been caused any traumas or anything like that, you may find that a child would need longer time. There is a rule of thumb floating around out there that says something about one month for every year that the child's been in school, but I would like to remind people that that is really personal to the child and the family, so it's about um, taking one step at a time and um, you'll know when it feels right to move on. Um, so someone I spoke to the other day said, actually, you should also consider de-schooling yourself as an adult because quite often we take the system and um, the school rules and everything related to the school within ourselves. So that's something to consider as well. A lot of people say to me, you know, oh, what does that mean that they do no learning at all? And um, I love this because I always smile. And I kind of remind people that actually if you take a step back, you take some time and space to observe your children, you'll actually see a heck of a lot of rich learning going on. Um, so observe them during this period. We'll be, you'll definitely feel reassured that there is plenty of learning going on. And if you're using my app, Collage, you can record all that lovely stuff um, and reflect on it as the learning happens all the time. Why do they need this period of time? I think the most useful part of this time is to work out where your child is and what makes them tick. Um, it was really clear for me that my child was really kinesthetic and needed a lot of learning through doing things. Other things that I looked at were when and where they liked learning. The pressure of school and the pace of learning is what impacts most children and it is really good to get that out of their system. Being able to learn freely without huge time restrictions will enable the brain to be more creative and flow without that unnecessary flight or fight feeling. You know, the feeling you get when the teacher poses a question and you're sat there thinking, oh, please don't ask me, please don't ask me. You're not actually thinking about the question, you're just worrying about whether you're going to be um, asked so there's time to build in pressure later on. Um, you know, I think small amounts of pressure are good for us, but really when your child can cope with it and when it's relevant to your child, I think that that is the biggest thing, that all our children are so unique and they actually operate in, in such diverse ways. So this period of time really allows you to kind of work out what, what their strengths are, what their weaknesses are, but actually play to their strengths. You'll be able to um, get them feeling really confident and gain a real thirst for learning if you can focus on the strengths and sort of build and build and build on that. Personally, I feel that leaving um, the system 
allowed us to leave that feeling of being constantly compared with other people. Um, children, you know, children will eventually um, become more focused on personal learning and be driven by getting themselves feeling, you know, I want to, I want to get better at that rather than feeling I need to get better at that because everybody else on my table has has got ticks for that or is has moved up a level or has 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 shown some some way of um achieving that objective so without them um feeling that they've got to reach those targets they will naturally sort of want to show you or show themselves that they that they can do that and again i think competition is relevant in certain aspects of life but there being so much focus on it at such an early age, I feel does actually hinder lots of children. And it's a, and it's kind of unnecessary when when we're all different. We don't all need to be compared um, over the same things all the time. But I do also appreciate that schools are under a huge amount of pressure to, to um, get children at a certain level by a certain stage. And that's how they're driven these days people around me when I started to say that I was you know going to um homeschool and then I was going to de-school for a little period of time started to say things to me like oh that'll be lovely won't it we do you just sit at home all day and just watch tv but I you know I I did like to reassure them that actually no we were doing normal things like we were playing and interacting with each other. We were going shopping and comparing things in the shops and chatting about what we needed to buy and why. We were exploring the outdoors. We were thinking about the weather. We were playing board games. We were watching films. Uh, we did go to the library. We did the cooking, the gardening, cleaning the house, anything that was normal. But the main thing that I felt that we did over this period of time was that we talked um, we had lots of discussion about how they were feeling and and um, what things felt like, especially now we weren't at school, which are, I think allowed the children a lot of time to feel like they were heard. It, it allowed me to plan some next steps around how we were going to get ourselves set up. And de-schooling actually gave me the time and space in between playing and interacting with the children to do quite a bit of research about sort of the methods of learning that we might use, um, how we might set things up, what works best for the two of my children, both who are totally different. Um, I've got one who's kinesthetic, one who's totally visual, one hates pressure and the other one craves goals and sticker charts or anything that she can lay her hands on like that. One loves first thing in the morning and the other loves last thing at night. So I've listed a few books that might be helpful if people want a deeper insight into de-schooling. And it's actually, I think people think it's quite a new, um, a new theory, but actually it was Ivan Ilch who was talking about it a long time ago. And then in the 70s, John Holt um, took on the idea and actually went on to do lots of... Um, great writing about unschooling um i spent a lot of time talking to my children about what they liked about school uh, my children were happy in school and actually we chose to unschool for a totally different lifestyle so that we weren't caught up in that in that rat race of like what the system is like uh 
the children, in terms of like learning and the things that they they liked doing, the main answer to this was the trips or anything that they could remember that they did outdoors. So thinking about learning being more than just kind of sat around the table was really important for them. They really did love having friends. So it was really important for us to find some groups where they were going to feel comfortable and they could perhaps over time build those relationships. And we recognised that, you know, learning happens all over the place. So we supplied our little backpacks with notepads and some pencils and often we took our camera with us just to record things that were interesting that we saw out and about. The things that they wanted to get rid of uh, were anything related to sitting at a desk or looking at a board. So our house does not represent a classroom at all. We've got stacks of resources everywhere but there are no posters on displays or anything that represents the kind of classroom situation. And it was really important for them that we weren't going to use the table, particularly unless we wanted to, um, unless um, actually when we do use the table it's quite interesting because my daughter stands to do well she likes to stand to eat but she also likes to stand to paint so it's quite interesting observing how they actually use the use the table and how they use the furniture to um, prop themselves up when they want to do writing or things so our learning happens anywhere and everywhere uh, but particularly the sofa and lying on the floor sometimes even upside down for my daughter she likes to read upside down um, but actually it made me think a lot about sitting and back when I was a head teacher, I can remember sort of in the first year, so this would be like 12 years ago, we were as a school really excited and animated about how should our classrooms be set up and this was kind of the era where we were really talking about learning outdoors and we were actually talking about getting rid of the tables, we were talking about bean bags. we were talking about um, having things that could be um, transferred outside. So, um, but things in terms of the classroom situation, things slipped when the curriculum changed and there's more pressure to get um, re higher results from children. So I think those that, that sort of topic has slipped in, in many, many schools. But I thought a lot about this at home, actually. And although in the classroom, they'll generally have chairs that fit underneath their certain sizes for certain age groups of children although we know that children don't always fit those certain height at certain age um, but I noticed at home that our dining room chairs don't allow for the children's feet to be grounded on the floor and their elbows to be at right angles so of course they're kind of not going to feel comfortable sitting there for any length of time and sitting is like a skill that we develop as we get older we're you know happier at, at sitting at tables for uh, longer periods of time so that can again be something that's built on I think it's really great I went to um, a business recently and they had loads of like um those coffee bars around the edge of the room and there were people with their laptops standing up so I think that's really great and I also know of people who take in those kind of cool looking bouncy balls and sit on those so it's you know it's it's important to to think about posture when we 
develop those writing skills and what feels great. I also spent a lot of time listening to more experienced home educators talk about their different styles of learning and things that they, they had done and what worked for them. Um, some were more formal and some were totally the opposite. And you've just got to all the time be thinking about your children and what works for them and try not to compare yourself to anybody else and what they're doing because that might be right for their children but it really might not be right for yours and have that confidence that homeschooling is about your children and exploring and doing the best that you can do for them so they're all different they're all going to want to learn in different ways um i i have listed a few books and I have actually done another podcast on um, unschooling if you're interested in, in, in finding out a bit more about the different styles of home educating. I think that parents I've spoken with, their main worry about de-schooling their children is that they will fall behind for that period of time. So that's what makes people a bit nervous about like taking an extra month or a few weeks or a few months to take a bit more time over it. But my immediate reaction is that it's okay unless your child is emotionally stable, they will not hold on to any kind of information and they're not going to have that that ability to thrive in their learning. So if there's any kind of trauma, if there's any things that need unpicking from potential um, nasty experiences at school, it may take them a lot, a lot longer and it's much better to take that time out heal if their experience has not been positive and allow them to sort of re-engage get that out of their system and then take ownership of their learning with your support allowing a lot of rich talking time engaging connecting um, with each other can only help the progress later on down the line and I fell into that awful trap of um, so we didn't de-school straight away straight away I went into doing some formal stuff with my children just because that felt natural from my education experience. But I can remember one experience where I got drawn into that old system and I posed my child a mathematical real-life problem without even looking at them, without even uh, acknowledging what they were doing. And I turned around looked at my son's face and he was just like... He was in the middle of creating his finest new model and he was just like totally oblivious um to what I was saying and I thought oh yes it is all about engagement it's not about being at the front of the room and and thinking that you need to ask that or thinking it's relevant to ask that it's about those moments of connection and that basically is is personalized learning at its best really um and I I would say that with my knowledge of the curriculum that my child potentially is slightly behind his peers um, not for any any like additional needs reason but because we have taken things slowly we've taken quite a while to de-school but I definitely feel that actually what he's doing is being embedded so when he was at school he was seemingly getting things right getting his spellings right um you know, doing quite well in his, what looked like quite well in his books and his teachers seemed to be quite confident about what he was doing. But as the period of de-schooling went on and I started to sort of ask and pose 
some questions around what he could remember, he actually couldn't, he could hardly remember anything. And actually some of the spellings particularly and the sort of mathematical times tables and things weren't embedded. And it made me realise that it's far better to take things slower and to allow them to embed that than it is to kind of rush and skim over things just for those tick boxes. And we have to remember that schools, their biggest challenge is to get children um, to be at a greater depth and have that deeper learning of what they've learnt. And that's really difficult for teachers with a class of 30 children to show that that children haven't just learned something, but they've got a deep knowledge of something. And that's really where homeschooling is at its best because we can take that time and we can actually see them when it's embedded. You'll see it through them modelling it in their play or or perhaps using it um, as a, as a reference in their in their conversation or to do a particular skill they might use something that they've embedded previously and that is you know again that's personalized learning at its best but that is really ensuring that all this learning goes deep within and is is something that they're going to use for the, for their future the other thing to think about is your home learning so for us we came away from the system because we actually really disliked that whole stress of Monday mornings Monday to Friday were this like really structured really um, tight routine and then you could relax for a little bit at the weekend and then it would start again and um, that's what we kind of wanted to come away from and we wanted to come away from the fact that you know, you go to school and you get home and you do homework and then you maybe go to a club or whatever and then it's bath bed and it repeats itself the next day. We we felt like that we wanted this more, um, more calm, more, um, you know, a little bit each day kind of feeling rather than those sort of peaks and troughs, a, a more balanced um, way of learning. We've decided, therefore, to do our learning, you know, every day really um throughout the year so we don't do the whole term time break up we but we do occasionally like miss days in terms of like we might have a day where someone's not feeling that well or it's a it's a, it's a um we are out for a day or we're on holiday i hate saying that because actually those are really rich learning days but in terms of if you're choosing a pathway that where you want to do a little bit of formal learning each day, it's it can, you know, you've got seven days of the week and every day of the year it doesn't have to be so um so tight in those term kind of things. So that's that's just personal, that's just something that we chose and we chose to think about learning as being more fluid and happening all the time. Um we decided we did decide to do a small amount of formal learning for English and maths, but we everything else is child led and that is a real that's a real um topic. I've actually done a podcast on that because that that refers to a journey that my husband and I went on where we actually have quite differing opinions about home educating but we've managed to meet in the middle so if you want to listen to that one that's um that that'll be interesting for unpicking how you work through that 
if your partner doesn't quite believe in the same method as you. Um, but I think that's that's kind of de-schooling in a nutshell and that's obviously just the way that I did it. But you can, um, you can read more th- on my podcast. I've got a list of books. I hope that was helpful to anyone really wondering what de-schooling is or how to go about it. And hopefully, if you are going to de-school, you'll feel more confident to de-school now. And remember just to de-school for as long as feels right for your for your child. If you've got any questions about any of the home educating topics, please email me them because we are going to be doing some question and answer sessions. And hopefully they will be things that other people are, are thinking about. So until next time, take care.